Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said top Democrats Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer of trying to pull a fast one, warning in a floor speech Wednesday that there was no realistic path to quickly approve larger stimulus checks for Americans contending with the coronavirus pandemic. McConnell accused Pelosi and Schumer of attempting to warp President Trump's call for 2,000 direct payments to Americans. The majority leader said the Senate would not separate a vote on $2,000 stimulus checks from a bill backed by GOP leaders. That includes the establishment of a commission to investigate election fraud and a repeal of Section 230, the measure which protects social media platforms from liability over third-party posts. As they've tried to do countless times in the past four years, Speaker Pelosi and Leader Schumer are trying to pull a fast one on the president and the American people, McConnell said. First of all, they're hoping that everyone just forgets about election integrity and big tech. They're desperate to ignore those two parts of President Trump's requests. President Trump and lawmakers from both sides of the political aisle have called on Congress to approve $2,000 direct payments up from the $600 checks currently detailed in the $900 billion coronavirus stimulus package approved last weekend. Earlier this week, McConnell said the Senate would begin a process to consider larger stimulus checks after the body blocked a measure from House Democrats that called for an immediate vote. McConnell said Democratic leaders sought to push through a package that would vastly increase the national debt and provide money to families that are not in dire need of aid. Look, it's no secret that Republicans have a diversity of views about the wisdom of borrowing hundreds of billions more to send out more non-targeted money, including to many households that have suffered no loss of income during the crisis, McConnell said. COVID-19 has not affected all households equally. Pelosi, Schumer, and Senator Bernie Sanders, IVT, have led calls among Democrats for increased cash payments to Americans. Schumer said he would call for a Senate vote on the House bill seeking larger payments later Wednesday night. At the very least, the Senate deserves the opportunity for an up-or-down vote on increasing the individual payments to the American people, the New York Senator said. McConnell's remarks raised further doubt about the potential approval of larger payments, and Democrats have opposed calls for a repeal of Section 230 and establishment of an Election Integrity Commission. The Treasury Department and the IRS began sending out a second wave of direct payments this week. Officials said the payments will be topped up as quickly as possible if Congress approves the release of larger checks. Ticketmaster has agreed to pay $10 million for breaking into competitors' networks. The company and its parent Live Nation admitted to hiring a former employee from rival ticket seller CrowdSurge, then using his knowledge, including old usernames and passwords, to learn CrowdSurge's inner workings and cut the company off at the knees. Ticketmaster employees repeatedly and illegally access the competitors' computers without authorization using stolen passwords to unlawfully collect business intelligence, said acting U.S. Attorney Seth Ducharme. Further, Ticketmaster's employees brazenly held a division-wide summit at which the stolen passwords were used to access the victims' companies' computers. The hacking allegations were reported in 2017 after crowd surge, which had merged with another company called Song Kick, sued Live Nation for antitrust violations. According to court documents in previous reports, Live Nation hired a former CrowdSurge employee named Stephen Mead in 2013. 
Then, now Fire Ticketmaster executive Zishan Zaidi and other executives encouraged him to turn over his old employer secrets. That included logging into pages with analytics for artist management companies, getting a window into crowd searches operations. Ticketmaster even offered a product review of its far smaller rival at a 2014 company summit, asking me to log in and demonstrate its capabilities in a presentation. In addition to actual password theft, Mead also revealed that his old employer used non-protected but difficult-to-find preview links for ticketing pages. Ticketmaster gathered a spreadsheet of every ticketing page it could find, letting it identify artists who were using the service and dissuade them from doing so. Ticketmaster apparently lost access to the system by 2015. The same year credit search merged with Songkick. Songkick sued Live Nation and Ticketmaster for violating antitrust laws, but it soon sold or shut down its services, and in 2018, it accepted a $110 million settlement plus an undisclosed sum to sell some of its remaining assets to Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster expressed satisfaction with the outcome in a statement. Ticketmaster terminated both Zaidi and Mead in 2017, after their conduct came to light. Their actions violated our corporate policies and were inconsistent with our values. We are pleased that this matter is now resolved, a spokesperson told The Verge. Today's judgment defers prosecution under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Ticketmaster must pay the fine in question, maintain clear policies to detect and prevent unauthorized computer intrusion, and present annual reports on its conduct for the next three years. Is often referred to as a new form of gold, and now Carolina Panthers offensive lineman Russell Okung is making a massive bet on Bitcoin. After a nearly two-year battle, Okung finally had his wish granted and will have his salary diverted to purchasing Bitcoin with the assistance of mobile payment firm Strike. The agreement that allows the Panthers to pay part of Okung's $13 million salary to Strike so it can be converted to Bitcoin. Money is more than currency, it's power, said Okung in a statement. The way money is handled from creation to dissemination is part of that power. Getting paid in Bitcoin is the first step of opting out of the corrupt, manipulated economy we all inhabit. The National Football League and its player union were both unaware of the agreement until Tuesday's announcement, but the parties didn't attempt to void or officially sign off on Okung's agreement, which was handled internally by the Panthers. When discussing the league's stance regarding the arrangement on Wednesday, an NFL spokesperson Brian McCarthy told CNBC via email, There wasn't anything to sign off on. The clubs pay the players in U.S. dollars. What the players or his agents do with the money is up to them. To be clear, the Panthers are not paying Okung directly in Bitcoin. Instead, the team will divert roughly $6.5 million from Okung's salary to strike, which will then presumably take a fee and process Bitcoin transactions for Okung, a longtime advocate of the currency. Strike did not respond to a CNBC request to confirm the transaction fees associated with Okung's agreement. Bitcoin is trading at more than $27,000, so Okung will receive approximately 240 coins at that value. Since his playing days with the LA Chargers in 2019, Okung lobbied to have his salary replaced with Bitcoin. He's hoping long-term that the price of Bitcoin is going up. Chris Mata, Managing Director of Sales and Trading at Bitcoin and Crypto Asset Firm 3IQ, told CNBC on Tuesday. 
and this move is a show of his support and long-term bullishness for Bitcoin growing even more from here. Although, you know, if he got paid like not even like a month beforehand, he'd literally be up, I think, about like $10,000 plus, right? So like on each coin. So he could have made so much more money by just doing this quicker. Bitcoin was introduced in 2008 and produced fortunes for some when a single Bitcoin surged from under $1,000 to nearly $20,000 in 2017. That sparked a bull market in new crypto-based funds. Bitcoin has since gained popularity with COVID-19 disrupting economies as investors look for safekeeping during the pandemic. For decades, gold was the usual safety net for investors, but Mata said Bitcoin is now viewed as an alternative. It's become hugely attractive as a hard asset, especially during COVID-19. And all the consumer concerns about the global economy and geopolitical environment, Mata said referencing billionaire hedge fund manager Paul Tudor Jones' comments to invest more in Bitcoin. The new digital gold, as it's called, Mata added, has brought Bitcoin to the forefront of investment portfolios this year, and there's a ton of interest around it as a result. Mata said Okung's Bitcoin will likely be placed in offline digital wallets, referring to as cold storage, and the move gives Okung's more protection for potential hackers looking to steal the currency from his account. Bitcoin accounts aren't protected like bank accounts, which are FDIC insured. Keeping it offline is a much safer way, especially for someone like Russ, who is outspoken about Bitcoin, Mata said. Anyone who is vocal in the Bitcoin space is a target for cyber hacking. That is very true. But that being said, if you had like something like in Coinbase or something like that, which by the way, if you're watching this, you could join Coinbase down below and get a free amount of uh, Bitcoin from them. But the thing is, sometimes you maybe want to have your wallet within something that's kind of like a little bit more mainstream because think of it like this, right? If the FBI or the government can basically take hold of an account, right? That is in like kind of like a public thing, right? Like Coinbase, then it'd be easy for them to also track transactions, right? So if say someone were to hack your account, they could easily track to see who actually hacked you, right? Or where did the money go? And basically, maybe at the very least, try to help you out. Whereas if you have something just like on an offline wallet, if you accidentally like get water on it and you completely like lose the actual wallet code, right? That you got to type in, you can lose all your money. But like any investment, Okung32 is taking a considerable risk. Drew Hawkins, CEO of EduCore, a financial consulting firm, said the frequent fraudulent activities surrounding Bitcoin is a concern and added a lot of guys need to understand what it is and how it works and what it is not. It's a risk in terms of what they're going to get in their hands with guaranteed dollars from a contract versus of taking chances with regards to what his value of Bitcoin will or will not be. Hawkins said. Though approaching fresh highs, volatility still haunts Bitcoin due to its steep corrections history, which in 2017 dropped the trading price to $3,000 for a single coin. On Monday, Mark Newton of Newton Advisors told CNBC's Trading Nation his estimations show Bitcoin's current cycle peaking out in early January. 
He said there could be opportunities to start buying the cryptocurrency at lower prices by then. Bitcoin has been an extremely volatile asset, said Mana, but over the long term, it's probably been the best performing asset of the last 10 years. But if you don't know what you're doing and not investing in this thing long term, there will be a lot of volatility in between. Added Hawkins, people have done well and made a lot of money off of it, but you've also had an equal amount of situations that ended up not panning out to what somebody was anticipating or ended up in some substantial losses. Strike is also coordinating more arrangements, emulating Okongs with players from Brooklyn Nets and New York Yankees, according to Bitcoin news site Coindesk. The site did not name the players involved. Matt said Okong's move would provide more credibility for Bitcoin, and that could trigger even more athletes to invest in digital currencies. Potential investors can also purchase Bitcoin through other mobile payment apps, including PayPal, Cash App, and Square. COVID-19 hypercharged the growth of Bitcoin, Mata said. I think this would have happened to Bitcoin anyway. It just may have taken a few more years to get to this point. Also, like, here's the thing, right? Let's just take this as an example. Let's say that you're going to be guaranteed a $10 million payment, right? I wouldn't get that payment in Bitcoin. I'd get that in dollars and then invest into Bitcoin. Right, because technically speaking, that's exactly what's happening as well. But he is actually not touching it, but he still got to pay taxes on the stuff, right? So it's gonna be like, it's gonna be really weird for his specific situation as to what his tax situation is actually gonna be like. But not only that, by having someone diverting all that funds right on your behalf, right for your pay. And you got to pay them a fee. Depending on the fee, right? Like, what's to stop you from just buying it yourself, right? Are you like, are you saying that you're too lazy to go click a button to buy Bitcoin, right? Like, that's literally all you got to do is click a button to buy Bitcoin. Why on earth would you pay someone a fee of your salary, right? Of your massive contract for them to buy Bitcoin on your behalf when you could literally do it on your phone in like five seconds. A band of teen bicyclists pounded and smashed the windows and hood of a BMW in Manhattan after one of the boys was hurt in a mishap with the vehicle. Startling videos show. So witnesses said in the horrifying scene sparked off after dozens of teenagers on BMX bicycles surrounded the BMW on 5th Avenue near 21st Street in the Flat Iron District. The teens turned angry after one of their friends fell to the ground after trying to grab one of the car's door handles for a ride at about 4 p.m. Tuesday, the witnesses said. Now, before we continue, right? One, who in their right mind, on a bike, grabs the handle of a car? Okay? Like, that makes no sense at all, right? Like, how stupid do you gotta be to grab the handle of a car while you're on a bike, okay? Like, it's not even like grabbing, like, the spoiler of a car. You're grabbing the handle, right? The door handle. 
So the car's driver told the Daily News that the teen's relentless assault sent glass into his and his mother's faces as his mom called 911 and screamed in terror in the passenger seat. She started crying and screaming to the 911 operator, recalled Max Torgovnik, 36, and they heard her screaming, They are going to kill us. We're going to die. Send help, please. We need help. Torgovnik said he and his mother were on their way to drop off donations at a housing works thrift store in Chelsea when the young bicyclist came up behind his car at 23rd Street and 5th Avenue. I was at the red light, and as the light turned green, I started to pull forward, and I saw in the rearview mirror all these bikes coming, and I wasn't sure what was about to happen, Torgovnik said. They were going 7, 8 miles an hour, and I noticed some of them pulling in front of the car. Some of them are holding onto the door handles to get a free ride. I saw that, and I was like, this is a dangerous situation, and I completely agree, right? It is a very dangerous situation because you have no clue who the hell these people are. You have no clue why are they surrounding your car, right? You could assume that they're trying to, you know, maybe just get on a free ride. But you can't guarantee that. Like, why would you feel safe or comfortable being surrounded by a whole bunch of people on BMX bikes surrounding your car? So Torgo said he slowed down, planning to let the teens pass, and had no idea one of them had crashed. When I heard the thud, I didn't know what happened, said Torgo. I didn't know if somebody had, like, hit the car with their hand out of anger. A witness, Daniel Winerick, posted video of the incident and said the cyclist who crashed suffered a bloody lip, which, to be frank, is on the cyclist's fault. Togo said that after he heard the thud, I slowed down to, to a stop and started to open the door. But suddenly, I'm surrounded by a dozen people who start to get off their bikes and surround the car. Videos show at least four bicyclists attacked the 2009 BMW SV, which had medical plates. Togo said his father is a doctor. The teens body slammed the vehicle and punched a rear driver's side window, get out of the car, and roll down the window, they shouted by Torgo's account. Which, by the way... If they said this, right, no one would actually do it because they know that they are probably going to get attacked if they were to roll down their window or get out. It slowly starts escalating, he said. They start banging harder, then they start ripping off the side mirrors, then they start pulling on the grill. Then they start taking their bikes and ramming them into the side of the car. Then they start lifting their bikes and slamming them on the car, he said. Video shows a bicyclist lifting his two-wheeler and slamming it down on the SUV's hood. Another cyclist ran up on the hood and jumped on the windshield, causing it to spiderweb. They spat on the car, slammed a bike onto the windshield, then a guy jumped on it, and then they broke the handle, trying to open the door from the outside, tweeted witness Maria Petrova, who also posted video of the attack. Glass was hitting us in the face, said Torgo. The whole ceiling collapsed a little bit, and if they jumped on the glass one more time, they gained access to the car. At that point, I saw an opening and drove one block, Torgo said. And the cyclist dispersed. The woman was shaking and in tears. We were trapped. There was so much violence. I thought I was going to die, Petrova wrote. By the time police arrived, the bicyclists were long gone, and they have not been caught. 
Having to hear my mother scream into that phone, we are going to die, they are going to kill us, is something that is still sitting with me, Torgo said. We're both traumatized, I barely slept last night, I keep replaying it in my head if there is something I could have done differently. The teens, he said, appeared to be out looking for trouble and weren't part of any rally or protest. Now this is the problem that, you know, New York has basically gone to. Because New York has basically become a rat-infested pile of worthlessness, pretty much. Right? And basically, they probably will never find these people that end up doing this because they don't care. Right? The police are kind of a bit too busy, kind of like policing people from opening their restaurants. Right? So they're really not going to be doing anything about this. I'd be a hundred percent shocked if they actually find any of them or actually press like like get them into jail or anything like that, because what they did isn't just assault, right? Like it wasn't just them trying to assault someone. You could say that it was technically almost attempted murder because it is literally a gang of people attacking an individual. Per se, right? Although technically there was two people there, like is a gang of people committing a lot of violence against a single individual who has no way to really defend themselves, right? Except for the car, which they were very close to getting into, and who knows what could have happened, right? Like I would, I would not be shocked if, basically, if those kids ended up getting that guy out of the car, that both him and his mother probably would have been dead, right? Just because of how crazy these people are. So, feel free to give your thoughts, but this is just insane. Check out 40inbox.com to master your money, personal finance lessons and courses, and do you want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Get a free stock worth up to $500 by joining Robinhood and linking a bank account, and automate your investing with Acorns down in the description below.